And welcome, Mav Radio Nation. My name is DK Kellerman. Welcome to DK's Take. I want to say this is episode 12, so I've been on a little streak as of late. And you know how we always do it. We're going to start off with college football because I got my boy, Lynn, from Stay Alive and the Power Five back at it. How you doing today? I'm doing all right. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing excellent. It's finals week. Tried to find a way to squeeze you know, my show in today on top of everything else, but, you know, we're here and we're ready to do it. All right. All right. Good. So we're going to break this up into a couple segments. We're going to start off with the first set of bowl games uh, to the 27th, and we're only doing the Power Five, correct? Correct. All right. So let's start it off. I think, is, is yours in order? In the order? Or are you going to tell me? Yeah, um, it's kind of in order. I wanted to start off with saying, like, with the bowl games, all the top players that are, like, projected to be first and second round NFL draft picks. I mean, they see these bowl games as exhibition contests, you know, unless they're playoff games. Bowl games have come down to who wants to be there. Some teams like maybe Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, that just missed out on getting into the playoff. You have to wonder if those players want to be there. There already been top players that have decided that they will not play in the bowl games to focus on their NFL draft, you know, preparation. Quarterback Will Greer, you know, I mean, you know what he did all year. I mean, put up all those numbers through 37 pass touchdowns, only eight interceptions, almost 3,900 pass yards. He's, he's going to sit out the bowl game. He's not going to play in it. Linebacker for Michigan, Devin Bush, I mean, he's not going to play in it. He has 66 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, an interception. The wide receiver for Arizona State, Nikhil Harry, he led the Pac-12 in receptions. He's not going to play. Greedy Williams, the cornerback from LSU, he's not playing. Noah Fant, you know, the local kid from Omaha um, that plays for Iowa, he's not. The tight end, he's not going to play. Rashawn Gary, you know, the number one recruit for Michigan like three years ago, he's not playing. And we all know about Nick Bosa, how he left Ohio State just to rehabilitate his injury and focus on the draft. He's not playing, so. That puts a big perspective on these bowl games this year. So, what do you? What is your take on, you know, guys not playing in these bowl games, not to risk injury, you know, like Jalen Smith did whenever he played with the uh, uh, Notre Dame against Ohio State. You know, he basically destroyed his knee. Right. It took him a couple of years to get back. I mean, now he's playing amazingly, but I mean, he lost millions of dollars getting drafted in the second round. And that's the risk right there. You don't want your draft stock to fall. Although playing in a bowl game can help you if you have a good performance, you know, but it's kind of a risk factor. Leonard Fournette, if you remember a couple years ago, he didn't participate in LSU's bowl game either, you know. He wanted to focus on, you know, the draft, and that's what he wound up doing. He wound up being a top five first-round pick. Um, didn't I, Christian McCaffrey didn't uh, play either in his bowl game? I'm not sure. But I'm about to check that. I'm about to check that. I don't think he did, but I got to check that. But I can see where these players come from, especially, like, with families, you know, I mean, if they come from humble beginnings, you want to race to the money, you know. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to waste no time. But you don't want to hurt anything, get an injury or anything or a bad performance to make, like, the draft scouts like, you know, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay look like, well, you know, he didn't play too good, you know, and criticize. So you definitely want to be at your best performance. But why risk it all when you put everything on a line during the regular season? And I mean, that's – over 12, 13, 14 games for, you know, everyone to see what you can do. So I can understand from – I can see both sides of the table not wanting to play in the bowl game and participate in the bowl game. But you have to wonder for your coach and for your teammates, are you letting them down by not playing alongside, you know, your friends, you know, in the 
which could be your last game of you know your career, college career. So. All right. With that being said, let's move on to these bowl games. Uh, we're, once again, we're only doing Power Five bowl games. So if you like a small town school, we apologize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're well, going to start off with Arizona State, right? Right. Arizona All right. So State. I think I, I think I got the good order. So Arizona State versus Fresno State. Who you got? Uh, I got, I got Arizona State. And this was an interesting matchup. You know, um, Arizona State. They're seven to five. Herm Edwards has a surprise first season. I mean, the Sun Devils won four of their last five games. And during that span, they averaged 35.4 points per game. And their only defeat was a two-point loss at Oregon. Now, Fresno State, on the other hand, they're the Mountain West champions. Jeff Tefford, he's a former Pac-12 coach. They beat another Pac-12 team, UCLA, in the non-conference. Um, they also won four of their last five games. And their defense has been really stingy, allowing only 14 points per game during that span. Still, when it comes down to it, I got Arizona State winning a close one, 31 to 24. All right, I'm going to let you do all the detail and everything. I'm just going to give you my pick because I'm not the college football guru like you are. All right. So uh, I, I've been a big fan of Herm Edwards, you know, at Arizona State. I think in the beginning of the year, they, they showed how good they can be and they tailed off towards the end. But I'm also going to be going with Arizona State. Gotcha, gotcha. Good, good story for Herm Edwards. He's, he's a solid coach. He had the most critics coming into the season and – he silenced all of them, got Arizona State playing really, really well. Memphis, Wake Forest. All right, here's a good game. Memphis, 8-5 and five on the year. Wake Forest, 6-6. Six and six. Forest, this is the Birmingham Bowl. Wake Forest, I mean, been so inconsistent. You don't know what to expect from them. They won two of their last three games. Um, Memphis, however, won four of their last five games. The only loss was to Central Florida in the AAC Championship game. This offense is really good, averaging 45 point points per game during that span. This game will be a shootout. If you haven't heard of Memphis running back Daryl Henderson, <laughs> he is legit. I mean, he will. He already said he's going to forego his senior season, and he's going to enter the NFL draft. He led the nation with 2,328 all-purpose yards, 25 total touchdowns. He's second in the nation with 1,909 rush yards and has 22 rushing scores. I got Memphis winning this one, 45-38 in the shootout. Yeah, I think this could be a game that's under the radar that no one's really paying attention to that could be very entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, I'm going to go with Memphis also. The running back for Memphis is it's an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. And who was the last good running back to come out of Memphis? Do you remember? Uh, D'Angelo. Mm -hmm. uh, was it? I mean um, – was it D'Angelo Williams? There you go. That See, town, that, yes. this is why he's the college football guru, folks. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Memphis. I think it's going to be a, a very fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. Definitely fun game to watch. Gotcha. So do you got uh, BC versus Boise State next in the I first responder bowl? Yes, I do. Boston um, College, 7-5 on the year. Boise State, 10-3. and um, Boston College has lost three straight games to end the regular season. And their offense has been a missile. I mean, they have a great running back in A.J. Dillon, but he's been kind of nicked up throughout the season. Boise State, on the other hand, um, they were on a seven-game win streak before losing by three points to Fresno State at home in the Mountain West Championship game. Um, you know Boise State. They're infamous for beating Power 5 teams. I mean, ever since, like, that Oklahoma game in the Fiesta Bowl, like, probably one of the games of the century. But um, they lost at Oklahoma State earlier this year by 23 points. But they'll be ready for this one. Um, I got Boise State winning this one with their great defense. It'll be a low-scoring affair. I got the Broncos winning it 24-21 over the Eagles. Uh, this is a tough one. 
in a way, because I don't know too much about these teams this year. From what I've seen from Boston College, they they started off okay, right? But they've just totally fell off. Uh, and Boise State is going to always be, you know, a quote unquote powerhouse for like the little schools, like uh-huh. a Gonzaga of basketball, right? And so if I had to put anything on it, I would definitely pick Boise State for that matchup. I got you, I got you. All right, so go ahead. You was well, gonna say something else about oh, the game? Well, we was just gonna say, I mean, with Boise State. They are like the little brother, but they always play with a chip on their shoulder. They always feel like they have something to prove. That's why I know they're going to come to play this game. They are disappointed about losing that conference championship game, and I think they're going to come on fire on all cylinders. So that will be an interesting thing, game to see, but I've definitely got Boise State. All right, moving on to the quick lane bowl. We're going to have Minnesota versus Georgia Tech. Who you got? I can't really comment on that game right now. Oh, that's right. We're going to skip that game. We'll get back to the information about that later. We'll come back to that. So we're going to go to TCU versus Cal. At the Cheez-It Bowl. And uh, I'm right on point with you, bro. Uh, if you win in order, I'm in order. <laughs> I got you. TCU, 6-6, um, and six, Cal 7-5 and five on the season. As far as TCU, they had a down year. They came into the season ranked number 16 in the Associated Press poll after an 11-win campaign in 2017. However, TCU has a losing conference record, but uh, they closed out the regular season winning three of their last four games. This offense hasn't been good, and that's been the team's Achilles heel. Meanwhile, Cal's defense is legit. Justin Wilcox has had a solid second year, improving the team from five wins to seven wins for a second year. And Cal has a great defense. The Golden Bears are one of the best defense in the Pac-12. I got Cal winning this one in a defensive slugfest, low-scoring affair, 20-17. to (sighs) This is a tough one. Because TCU was supposed to be a top 25 team Mm -hmm. when the the year was over. I mean, they've lost lost some some tough games. I'm not sure who I would choose on this, but I think I'm going to have – I don't know, because I, I, I kind of like, you know, the way Cal's played this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm a Texas boy, and I'm just going to ride on that. So I'm going <laughs> to pick uh, TCU to win this one in the Cheesy Bowl. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go Temple Duke next? Temple Duke. All right, so that's going to be the walk-ons, Independence Bowl. Who you got? I got, well, Duke 7-5 and five on the year. Temple's 8-4. and four. Duke been so inconsistent this year. Um, they ended the regular season on a two-game losing streak. Their offense has been in a serious slump in those games, in the last two games, scoring six and seven points respectively. The defense has been horrible over the last three games, allowing 43 points per game. Um, Temple, as you know, they just uh, they have to replace their coach. And as of today, they hired Manny Diaz, Miami's defensive coordinator, who will be their next coach. Um, but Temple's been a solid team out of the American Athletic Conference. Um, this offense been very good in the last four games. I just think that Duke's inconsistency, I just – I got Temple winning this one 35-21. Okay, okay. So, the new coach is coming from the U? Yep, the defensive the coordinator. The defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you know, Miami's defense has been pretty solid this year. Yeah, and I'm a huge U fan too, but we're not going to go into detail on that. <laughs> I think – Usually, uh, you know, as, you know, athletes are wired, whenever their coach is let go, especially in college, these kids tend to rally around each other yes. and play for each other 
and play for the coach that they lost. I mean, because Temple came in, they're coming to this game what, on on five losses or four. Uh, Temple is Temple like, is eight and four. Eight and four. So yes. their coach got fired after having a definitely above average season. You gotta think these kids were thinking, man. He didn't. No, get, he, get he fired. Didn't get fired. He, got, he left the job. He he took another coaching job. Yeah, he I got. Well, it off. Yeah, he got a better coaching job. Excuse me. Right, but Temple's like a solid team. Uh, I mean, they went seven and one in conference play, so they they're not to be slept on. So just don't think that, uh, you know, they just come over and just lay it down. They're going to come to play, and like I said, I got them winning this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Temple on that one too. I think that these guys are going to rally around each other, and I just don't think Duke is just head and shoulders above. What Temple is as far as football is concerned. Now, if we talk about basketball, oh, it's going to be a whole different right. story, you know? <laughs> gotcha. So, moving on to the next bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, Miami and Wisconsin. I think this is going to be a good one. This should be a good one. If you remember, these two teams met in a bowl game last, last year, year, and Wisconsin won that. This game will be played in the legendary Yankee Stadium over in the Bronx. Oh, it's going mean, to be cold. It's going to be cold outside, but I mean, who wouldn't want to come and? play this game if you're a player, you know, one of the players. This this should be a very good game. Wisconsin, they didn't have an uncharacteristic season, you know. I mean, being seven and five, because they've been winning, having double-digit wins for the past three, four years. I mean, Paul Chris has done an amazing job. Even though they had, you know, a mediocre season for Wisconsin standards, Wisconsin still has won four, their last four bowl games. And Miami, they really had a down year. They're, they're another team like TCU. They came into the season ranked in the top ten, and, you know, that quickly, like, dwindled down. And Yeah, they, they – I don't know what was happening with them. Uh, their star receiver is transferring. I heard he might, Jeff Thomas, I believe he might be going to Missouri. Uh, Mark Richt, he done played musical chairs with his quarterbacks. I don't know. I just don't know what to expect from this Miami team, but I know Wisconsin has always been solid. You know, they're always well coached. They play disciplined and they're physical, and that offensive line is always mammoth. And, you know, this game is going to be a game that will be won in the trenches. So those big uglies up front, I think they can get some push on Miami's defensive line. Now, the Hurricanes' defense is no pushover. Like I said, they got a solid defense. That's why Manny Diaz probably got that job, you know, because they've been impressive on defense. But this offense has been so inconsistent. And they kind of had to, like, win, like, their last two games just to end the season with some respectability. But I got Wisconsin winning this one again. And I think, like, it's going to be just played in the trenches. And the team – I think just the physicality of Wisconsin with the offensive line and that great running back, Jonathan Taylor, he will – I think they're just going to maul Miami's front seven. And I just got Wisconsin winning this one, 31-28. Okay, so you took the words kind of out of my mouth because I think this game is going to be won in the trenches. Uh, looking at the record of both of these teams, these are both disappointing years for both of these teams. Both mm -hmm. of these teams are looking to be at the top of their conference. <sighs> Wisconsin beat this team, Miami team, last year. And as I said earlier, I'm a huge Miami fan. And I, I think that taste is still going to be in their mouth. And like you said, the game's going to be won in the trenches. Right now, Wisconsin averages 268 yards per game rushing, while the uh, Hurricanes average 197 yards rushing. Whoever has the best running game and whoever's defense shows up better in the running game is going to win this game. As of right now, the uh, Hurricanes are 30 yards better when it comes to rush defense than Wisconsin is. 
My only downside to it is that they're going to be playing in New York. It's going to be cold. Right. Wisconsin is used to yes. that kind of weather. Definitely. And Miami we, is and, not. <laughs> and Miami is gorgeous in more ways than you can imagine. Right. I'm not going to even go into detail. I've been there several times. It's going to be a tough game for Miami to win in the cold. And we saw saw something like that whenever the Rams played the Bears this past week. Uh-huh. How they went to Soldier Field, it was super cold. And they just didn't play up to their capabilities. But I'm still going to rob my boys. From the U, <laughs> and I'm picking Miami to beat Wisconsin and get that bad taste out of their mouth. Okay. Moving on to the last game of this pick'em, or uh, we're gonna go uh, with the outdoors Texas Bowl: Baylor versus Vandy. Mm, all right. Well, far as Baylor, both of the teams are six and six on the season. Baylor, what I gotta say is Matt Rule, their coach, this is his second year. Baylor went from being a one-win team in 2017 to six wins in Rule's second year, that's a big, big improvement. Hats off to this guy. Um, Baylor, though, their offense been really inconsistent this year, up and down. Vanderbilt, Derek Mason had to beat Tennessee at the end of the year to finish 6-6, six and six, and that saved his job. His job was really on the line, but – his team rallied behind him, and they won that game against the Volunteers, and now they're going to a bowl game. And Vanderbilt's offense has averaged 36 points per game in its last four games. They won three of their last four games. They have one of the most slept-on quarterbacks in all of the SEC in Kyle Shermer. This kid broke Vanderbilt passing records. He's really a slept-on quarterback. Um, he has been on fire the last four games. I see him coming out in his last game in a golden black, and I see him having a monster game. And I definitely, definitely think Vanderbilt, with just the pressure on Derrick Mason alone, to bring Vanderbilt their first winning season in like four or five years, since I think James Franklin was the coach. This will be If he wins this game, this will be their first winning season. I just think with the pressure on Mason, they come out and they deliver and they win this game. 28-24, and they finished with a winning season. And Vander, and his job is cool as ice. He's no longer on the hot seat. That's how I got that one. This game is going to be played in Houston in a dome. Neither one of these teams can play defense. They're both very offensive-oriented. I mean, they're both dang near averaging 400 yards per game on offense, while the defense allows over 400 yards per game. You have it more of a lower score than I do. I think it's going to be high 30s, low 40s in this game. This is going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm -hmm. But the key to this game for me is the quarterback play. And I think Shermer is going to be the difference in this. And although I am a Texas boy, I'm going to have to rob a Vanderbilt on this game. All right. All right. Smart man right here. Yeah, well, (laughs) man. You know what? I'm learning from the best, you know? I got you. So moving on to the last couple things we're going to talk about as far as the bowl games. Uh, What is... Your bowl game upset of all the bowl games. Well, the upset to me, it will be the team that's been passed over for the playoff for two years in a row in Central Florida. Yes, they're going against LSU, and it will be in the Fiesta Bowl, but this will this team, like Boise State, they have a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of being passed up. Everyone keeps saying, hey, if you want to get into the big dance, you want to all that postseason glory, get into the playoff, well, schedule someone. Schedule someone, play someone with a pulse. You know, only time they – you only can beat the teams that's in front of you. So, unfortunately for them, you know, they 
haven't really had anyone to play. Honestly, I don't think no one wants to play them. Who's raising their hands like, yeah, let's go play Central Florida. I mean, you don't want to face that defeat early in non-conference. So Central Florida's coming into this game with big chip on their shoulders. And LSU, they had a really solid year, you know. I mean, getting shut out by Alabama wasn't, you know, that it seemed like they kind of really didn't recover from that, but they still had a solid year. Ed Orgeron went from being on the hot seat to enter this season to he has his job should be solid. Job security should be okay with this. They like I said, they had a solid year. I just and like I said, Greedy Williams is not going to be playing in this, you know, to focus on his NFL draft preparation. Um, but I think Central Florida, even with McKenzie Milton out for the year and they're playing with their backup quarterback, I think Central Florida is going to rally, and I think they're going to beat another SEC team in a bowl game for a second year in a row just to prove, make a statement to everyone across the nation, to all the naysayers, to all the critics, you know, that, hey, this team is for real and need to be recognized. And, I mean, give them some respect. I mean, they, what, almost on like, what, 21, two years in a row, you know, without a defeat. Come on, you got to give them some props. I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma State over Missouri. Hmm. Uh, Missouri's ranked number 23, 8-4, while Oklahoma State is 6-6. Six and six. Uh-huh. Oklahoma State's offense is incredible. And I think that Oklahoma State is going to be a challenge for this Missouri defense. Oklahoma State is averaging over 500 yards per game, even though they're giving up over 400. Right. There's, there, I still think Oklahoma State is going to be able to beat them. And even though Missouri has won four of their uh, last five games, recently losing to uh, Kentucky, you know, the win against Texas was big. They lost by one to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they lost by four to West Virginia. Them playing big teams like that and, and being consistent and staying with them blow for blow on offense, I think Missouri has no chance, and it's going to be a double-digit win, so that's going to be my upset. Wow. It's, I, I'm kind of on the other opposite end with you on that one. We'll, I, I think Missouri will get that one. But that's and we'll talk about that game uh-huh. you know, when we go into our next set of uh, games, but that will that's going to be my upset pick okay. of gotcha. uh, the bowl games. Gotcha. Now moving on to uh, the, the best matchup. Right, the best matchup. In the I, bowl games. Hands down, i got to give it to – the Texas and Georgia game in the Sugar Bowl on January 1st. I mean, first of all, Georgia's definitely disappointed for not, you know, getting snubbed over. You know, this team played Alabama so close, and they got passed over, you know, by Oklahoma. I mean, but you had two losses, so. But this team is so talented on the defense is young, but, man, they contributed a lot this year on offense with Elijah Holyfield you know, Vander Holyfield's son, um, Jake Fromm. He's a very good quarterback. You know, Georgia's really, really solid. And Texas, like I said, Tom Herman has the Longhorns, I think, a year ahead of schedule. We watched Sam Ellinger, the Texas signal caller. He has matured. I mean, he went from a game manager actually to, like, a natural leader. I mean, you know, I think as he goes, the Longhorns go, you know. Um if he's having a bad game, they kind of seem to struggle. But if he's, like, on point, you know, when he's, like, running for first downs and he's physical, I mean, he reminds me of Tim Tebow sometimes, you know, with just, you know, using his legs and with his arm and this his physicalness, you know. Um, this will definitely be a good matchup. I don't want to give, like, you know, my prediction score. We can say that for a later date. But I am definitely – this is the most game I will be interested to see that's not a playoff game. Uh. My best matchup 
is going to be Florida versus Michigan. And mainly because I think for both of these coaches, this is a big game. If you lose this game, then it just kind of, you know, wanes down on you. Both of these teams need this game in order to just continue to keep their program above, you know, the sea level and, and, and more of the higher tier. Maybe not the Alabamas, the Clemsons, of, the, of, of those natures, but – I think they need to win this game in order to stay up in that upper echelon. So that's going to be a game that I'm going to be really focused on, and that's going to be my pick as the uh, best matchup. That's not playoffs. Right. One thing I want to add on that game, uh, the pressure, I think, is really on Jim Michigan Har- and Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. They, he already said that he's not going to pursue the um, NFL positions, head coach positions. He's going to stay put at Michigan because they got unfinished business. And, you know, with Urban Meyer retiring, that might open the door for Jim Harbaugh, you know, and Michigan to take over the Big Ten East. I just think the pressure is really on Michigan in this game, and they have to win this, you know, just to get that bad taste out of their mouth of getting blown out at Ohio, you know, by Ohio State, a game they're supposed to win and supposed to be in the Big Ten Championship and in the playoff. You know, they had everything in front of them. So it was very disappointing to see how they ended the regular season. But um, it should be a good game. Florida, on the other hand, this is Dan Mullen's first year. If he loses this game, I just think, like, it's not going to be a big deal because this is just year one, you know. But uh, Michigan definitely, hands down, has to win this game. All right, so with that all being said, let's talk about the big news, man. Yeah. We've got some big news. Yes. You got a phone call yesterday. Go ahead and tell everybody what it's about. Yes, to everyone out there, to um, all the subscribers to Stay Alive and Power 5, uh, I want to thank you for rocking with me. Um, this website has – I just started this website a few months ago, and it has really, like, just blew up. And I will be covering the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit on December 26th between Georgia Tech and Minnesota. Be up in there in Detroit Lions Stadium, you know, for the first time, you know, being in Detroit. I know it's cold up there and it's not like Florida or Texas, but this is this is a really big opportunity. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be Paul Johnson's last game. This might be the last time you see the triple option from a Power 5 team with Paul Johnson leaving. You know, all the time you see the triple option is with the academies like Navy and uh, Air Force and things like that. So this is very going to be sentimental to Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson, who's been a solid coach, had a solid career. This is going to be his last game. And P.J. Fleck with Minnesota, um, they're having their first bowl game under him. You know, they had a losing season last year. So he has the Golden Gophers heading in the right direction. I'm very excited to be up in the press box covering this and talking to the coaches. And you will see firsthand on stayalivepower5.com how I update everything. And, you know, I'm going to have feature stories on that. I'm very excited about that. Day after Christmas, hey, we're, we're going to be in the building. That's what's up. With that being said, that's the end of the first segment with uh, Lynn from Stay Alive and the Power Five. My name is DK Kellum, and you're listening to DK 